And we are live once again every Tuesday at 8. Everybody knows it's time for another exciting edition of the MCW cast. I'm Legacy, MCW announcer Larry Legend. I'm MCW promoter Dan McDevitt. And I'm Tara. Welcome to the cast. Yes, indeed. And Bruiser Strong is in the books. And what an extravaganza that was. <laughs> Great night. Good yes. crowd. Good energy. This was something we waited 10 long months to put into uh, to bring to fruition, so it was great to gather with friends, family, loved ones, and celebrate and remember someone who has touched all of our lives. And that's the thing. It was a celebration of it the was. life. A true-to-life celebration for him and proper like. Uh, RJ, we love you, as we all said and expressed that night, and that's uh, why we're here once again on the, on the cast. Mm -hmm. Episode 36, right? 36. We're getting, we're getting back to hoodie weather. We are saying, you know, you, yeah, we, yeah, that's true. Almost gone full circle from being in our, uh, we were bundled up that first edition, you know, um, <laughs> and then we kind of, you know, revealed more. And now I'm getting back into uh, a lovely piece of merch here, the MCW cast right. hoodie, still available, along with all that great MCW uh, pro wrestling merch and cast merch. But yeah, and what about last episode? Gilberg, the legend. Yeah, legendary. <laughs> he Gilberg. had a lot of great stories, didn't he? I haven't seen Gilberg in years, really, or sat down to talk to him. So it was nice to see because he was one of the first people I met when I signed up at MCW. Like I, in fact, I remember seeing him, meeting him in the parking lot. Like I hadn't even gotten out of the door of my car yet, and uh, that was when I met him. So it was nice to go take that trip down memory lane with him. Yeah, Dwayne. Dwayne's one of those guys. Um, that the, he's one of a kind. You know, he's one of them. Like yeah, Iron Sheik, Bob Starr. Guys like that, people like that, that are like, there's only there's only one Gilberg. Yeah. I felt similarly with Bob Starr. We really didn't even have to say anything, most of the cast. We just, you know, pitched it to him underhand, and he just would take Let off, you right. know? And just spin yard after yard and tell tale after tale. But uh, that's that's what it's all about, it was sitting around the campfire and listening mm -hmm. to the, uh, the OGs of the game, as it were. <laughs> now, would you say that Dwayne would be on the, the Maryland Mount Rushmore. If there was a Mount Rushmore of Maryland, he'd be up there. I think you gotta give that to him. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, he, he was he did jobs and all that for years, but then through the through that, you know, ended up with a Gilbert character yeah. and light heavyweight champion and um is definitely one that's memorable. Yeah. Um so I, I think I think you got to. I think you have to. Yeah. I you have to put him in that category. He was always a star to me, and I expressed this just because I remember Howard Finkel or Mike McGurk or whoever the announcer was already in the ring from Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this guy's this guy's from around here. I might mm -hmm. see him down at Lexington Market or something or down at <laughs> Memorial Stadium. Uh, yeah. And eventually I did see him at the, the Capitol Center uh, mm -hmm. before Survivor Series 95. But, um... Yeah, an excellent episode, and we we got we got we've got more to offer you throughout the end of the year. Mm -hmm. um, remember, when you're watching us, enjoying us every Tuesday night at eight. Subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Give us a like. Join in on the conversation. There's always a live chat going on on both the YouTube mm -hmm. and the Facebook, and we love to see y'all shouting each other out, giving us feedback. We love to see it. So mm -hmm. please. Join in on the conversation in addition to liking and subscribing. Right. And if we can't interact with you, because obviously if we're doing the show, if we can't interact with you, there are lots of the MCW uh, roster that do engage with our fans. So, you know, you never know who might turn up. That's right. I see Ken Dixon lurking Twitter a lot of the time, and he is he's quick with it. You know, I yeah. I put out there about Eric Martin, you know, one of our previous guests, and how yeah. great how great of a cast it was with it. And he got right in there with a zinger of get you talk about mm -hmm. this time. And it was a, a gif of Ken giving him the business in Ring of Honor on TV. So And of course, um, if you're listening on on the on the different podcast platforms, um, Google Play, Apple iTunes, um and Pocket, Pocket Cast, Cast. Yep. Yeah, you know, Stitcher, Breaker, SoundCloud, Pub Radio Public, CastBox, all of that. There you yes. go. Thanks for the assist. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Make sure you subscribe. Um, if you're just listening, make sure you hit the subscribe button because it helps the algorithm on the podcast platforms. Mm -hmm. 
and it gives you i love a little alerts okay sometimes a little alert on your your device kind of like makes it more of an event you know and i get i get two alerts i get the the youtube alert that comes up because i'm subscribed to you know mcw pro mm-hmm. on youtube and i get the uh the apple podcast alert where it's like oh something's going on oh it's the mcw cast so yeah. it's kind of fun with when, once you subscribe and you have all that stuff integrated into your text to get those little alerts it makes you feel kind of important like, i get the twitch alerts right on my okay phone. i gotta so turn I on twitch the- I, I downloaded <laughs> Twitch, but I'm not that big of a gamer anymore. See, I well, Twitch is not just for gaming, though. It's a whole little community. You know, there's I, lots of different things. That's, that's so neat. I, mean, I follow. I see. I'll engage on Twitch. I follow lots of people on Twitch. Um, and anyway, so did, did I'm they, still waiting for someone to to call me out on Twitter. I said I would respond. I'm still waiting. What's well, it been? Two weeks. I put that I, out there. Been, I mean, I've said something and tagged you in it, but not I really. Know, you know, I don't. Yeah, count. I don't. I'm not, responding to that you know it's interesting um impact wrestling was hosting like a twitch watch party Mm -hmm. when their show would broadcast and melissa santos the former ring announcer for for lucha underground Mm -hmm. who i admire greatly just want to say that right now uh but melissa santos would kind of me too would kind of just be there you know uh Mm -hmm. like looking at the live chat and Mm -hmm. interacting with people so Twitch is a mighty force out there in the social social media platform. So yeah, show me a thing or two about Twitch, and maybe I can turn you onto a little tweeting. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so, speaking of uh, turned on, let's say turn on your Flashback Friday on YouTube because we've got a great one this week. It is from 2014 Friday Night Fights, Rebby Sky and Jesse K. So you might know Jesse K as Jessica Carr, WWE female referee but when she was here in mcw and she trained coincidentally at gilbert's pro wrestling training academy uh she was known as jesse k and she was an in-ring performer and killer on the mic as well she could cut a mean promo so um that is our flashback friday for this week 2014 rebby sky and jesse k and by the way rebby sky being the wife of matt hardy who is our guest just happens to be our guest i know you like how i just together i was waiting for someone to tie that in i did i did that yeah absolutely (laughs) guess this week after the break um you know a guy uh, obviously legend everybody knows but he also you know in the early days of mcw we were bringing him in we're going to talk about that him and jeff Mm -hmm. in the early days of mcw before they were known worldwide, worldwide as the Hardy Boys. Yeah. Right. I think he's held like 21 titles or something, you know, on on in the big companies. But he's held titles here in MCW as well. In fact, he um, at uh, WrestleMania 2017, he and Jeff made their reemergence in WWE, which I have to say was the loudest I've ever crowd reaction I've ever seen in my entire life. But he made that appearance with his brother, and they were the current MCW Tag Team Champions. Wow, That's what right. a piece of trivia! I, I remember know. that. See, I, I was uh, working for ROH, and the night before they had fought the Young Bucks, so it was just like it was. That was why it was one of the biggest pops, I think, is it was and kind of like in the veil of night, like how Congress passes a bill that we don't know about. Right. You know, the whole. Whoop, and there they are coming out. Uh, so it was just like shocking. It's yeah. a shocking moment. And, and, and you and were we there? were there, yeah. <laughs> and um, I, Bruiser was there too. We had taken the kids. And um, we had like a whole family vacation. It was my mom, Bruiser, the kids. And, you know, we had, um, you know, a premonition that this might take place. <laughs> but it did not mean it. It did not dampen our, like, excitement, too. I mean, we've been in the business 20-plus years. Were and we were and on down. our feet. Yeah. We were way up high. But we, it was the <laughs> yeah. goosebumps. The crowd, like, the, the arena shook. Like, I know that CM Punk got quite a reaction a few weeks back. But I don't know that it was what the Hardys got at WrestleMania. And I've been to t- plenty of shows. I've been to multiple WrestleManias, everything. And... I have never heard or felt a reaction like that. Dan, I bet you did when Austin stunned McMahon. That was probably the the whole earth was shaking that night. What? Well, I was I was too busy um, <laughs> getting ready to lock him up for putting his hands on Mr. McMahon. I was. You were laying, you were laying down the law. That I was. Night. I wasn't paying attention to the crowd. I was right. paying attention to the law that was being broken in the ring. The assault and battery. <laughs> That's right. On Absolutely. Mr. McMahon. <laughs> and rightfully so. Right. You should have been doing that. So. All right. Well, I guess we'll take our break and we'll be back with with Matt Hardy. And we are back here live in studio with probably our biggest guest today, Big Money, Matt Hardy. Matt, welcome to the MCW cast. Finally, Big Money Matt has come back to Joppa. 
I'm here. It's been a while. We were just talking about <laughs> it. Baltimore is like a year 20... and a half, right? It's it feels like a decade. Yeah, it, it's been an eternity. You know, through this whole pandemic. I mean, I, I got to go eat at one of our favorite spots, Jimmy's Seafood. Jimmy's Seafood. <laughs> Jimmy's famous seafood. It was absolutely delectable. But it seems like it has been years since I've been there. You know, it's been literally a year and a half, but mm-hmm. it, it feels like it's been five years. It's been that long. Did you sit upstairs in that new area that he's got? No, no, we sat inside actually, but it was it was cool. Yeah, did you so see that what nice he did? He, he took that upstairs bar out and they yeah. built on yeah. like yeah, it looks doing great. Like and he has all those, those outside areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did all that during the pandemic. Yep. Yeah, so it's yeah. Uh, it's crazy how that has become a thing in North Carolina. There's a lot of places that added outside dining yeah. areas mm-hmm. just because of the pandemic. You know, it just has changed our way way of life in so many mm-hmm. ways. Yeah, I guess you guys probably had the same thing down there with like I mean, a lot of restaurants we lost. You know. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of a lot of mom and pops for sure. Yeah. You know, it made it really hard on the you know the single, little yeah. homegrown business owner. Yeah, and John, he 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 stepped up. He raised a couple hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. He was doing a fun and bar stool sports was helping him for like Baltimore City, because that's what John was like. He was like, man, there's a there's a lot of like mom and pop restaurants that have run. They don't even have a website. They've run. Mm-hmm. You they know, still little, use paper little, tickets and like, stuff. You know, for a lot orders. of little yeah. you know right. older people that have ran a restaurant for forty or fifty years the same way. Like, and they don't even have a website. He's like, they can't make it. Yeah, you know? yeah. And yeah. it's people who've done it their whole life. So right. many people lost their businesses. I know yeah. specifically, like I know New York, and like big cities in California were hit so hard. You know, because mm-hmm. they had those long aggressive lockdowns and whatnot. And it was mm-hmm. just it just made it so hard for the mom and pops, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys are doing good. Yeah, AEW's killing it right now. What yeah. a, it's what a what a unique time in wrestling, and it's very cool to be there because we can feel the momentum. You know, like each and every week we have these white hot shows, and I just Tony Khan is doing such a great job of being on the pulse of the wrestling business in 2021. And I I really think one of the things that helps more than anything is that at heart he's like a huge fan, mm-hmm. and. And the fans that are following wrestling the most closely now, and that are probably the most outspoken and most demanding, I think in his core, he understands that. And he almost has that feeling. So I feel like that helps him put together a better show and and, and tell stories that are more geared toward today's audiences, where Vince, being 70-plus, it's much tougher for him to do that, and especially be on the pulse of modern-day pop culture. Right. And do you think maybe he just... Maybe he was like dominated and put everybody else out of business, almost like some complacent, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he got complacent. Yeah. Probably. And he's always had a preference, you know, for specific types of wrestlers and things like that. I mean, that hasn't been any particular big secret or anything. So, you know, some of what's some of what is white hot right now is not the style that has been Vince's favorite. So, you know, it's it, no, exactly. And, and also, I think it's it's just important to add in there. Like. I, I feel like at AEW right now. Our biggest thing is, like, obviously we have the TNT deal, which is a huge source mm-hmm, of money. Mm-hmm. But we still are very heavily focused on doing business-to-consumer, you know, uh, business. Where I feel like now, more than ever, Vince McMahon and WWE, they're doing business-to-business, business, mm-hmm. so to say. Right. You know, th- their big money came in from, you know, acquiring the the Fox deal and procuring the uh, uh, new deal with USA and then that huge billion dollar mm-hmm. Peacock deal. You know, mm-hmm. they're making more money than they've ever made, but it's not necessarily like they're appealing to their fan base right. and their actual fans. They're right. appealing to big businesses. Right. They, they're making their money business to business as opposed to like business to consumer. Right. And right. and the consumers, the fans, they're upset about it. You know, they, they are not speaking highly of wwe product for months maybe even a couple of years at this point you know they've they've kind of soured on it like they're they're kind of harsh and so they're turning to other other promotions and they're getting involved and invested in the way that they used to be involved and invested in wwe now you know these other promotions have appeal i mean that we're asking them i mean like a wwe is asking them to watch a lot of programming a week. lot yeah, yeah there's a lot. <laughs> hours there's a and hours of it you know and that, that's in the big scheme of things that's just the tip of the iceberg because then you have stuff that is social media exclusive you know you want to watch yeah. the network what and you're asking them to watch all this stuff but they want to feel like if they're going to dedicate all this time to you and they're going to give you their their eyeballs for for x amount of hours or whatever they want to be rewarded at the end with a payoff and and i think that's where they've they've lost their way to a degree mm-hmm. and i feel like aw really does that like when you watch and if you get emotionally involved in a story you're going to get a payoff 
and, and it's going to be appropriate. And we try and do it in a way now. And even for me, I'll admit it, because, you know, when I was doing Broken Mat, you know, that was a larger than life, supernatural type persona and character. The, the AEW fans are just more focused on like more based in in reality, you know, so I even I just, you know, like it would have been a different story if I would have debuted in front of an audience. Right. I debuted on the first ever pandemic empty arena show mm -hmm. at AEW. So right. it was very, very, very tough. And there was no gauge of the fans and, and, and a character like Broken Matt, which is like a, a cartoon character in many ways, really needs a crowd to be successful. So, you know, I'd geared back and change it. And I'm totally in the groove and on the pulse of what they're doing now, you know, and, 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 and it works. And it's one of those things where these fans now, because they have so much insight into pro wrestling, they, they are very demanding and, and mm -hmm. they really, they, they want a product that they are going to appreciate and that they don't feel like their intelligence is being insulted. And if you can give them that and you can reward them and keep them entertained at the same time, that's where you win in this day and age, in my opinion. Right, right. It's something, the thing I find, uh, something as simple as just calling it pro wrestling. They just want it to be pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's what mm -hmm. I love when they, someone that, when wrestling is mentioned the word wrestling and it's a pop yeah like, it's like yeah that's that's them that's the fan like i, I we don't want sports in it we want right. professional yeah. wrestling yeah, and, and, a, and, and it's great to hear that term used yeah. because that is what it is that is what it will always be and you know there was just for so long vince has just kind of seen that as a dirty word or like yeah you, you know that that word which is, i never understood that that word is beneath us you know yeah. let's do something else and 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 i get that and i can respect that that he has a vision and he has this 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 mold of this product he wants to create and it's sports entertainment it's larger than life and you know you, you can't hate him for doing that because he has contributed so much to the pro wrestling industry right. and you know when it's all said and done at its core it is going to be pro wrestling because you know you can change the name you can change the way it's done a little bit but at the end of the day it is pro wrestling a very unique form mm -hmm. of athletics and showbiz combined mm -hmm. and for AEW to go all in yes this is pro wrestling and it's something i heard just a while back Tony was back at the go position and they were going, yes. And this is for so-and-so in the TNT championship title. He's like, call it a belts. We're saying championships too much. Call it a belt. Yeah. You know, and that's another word Vince hates, but, but I, I mean, he grew up as a fan and he likes and digs mm -hmm. all that terminology. Right. And I love that it is implemented in there because I feel like the fans just, you know, especially our fan base, they feel like they're more at home and they feel like, yeah, yeah this is cool. These mm -hmm. people are like listening to us. They're catering to us. Yeah. One thing I've noticed with the fans is that they really have a lot of nostalgia for that, like the Attitude Era, which I know you were a part of, um, you know, and they they like that unpredictability and that excitement. You know, when they turn on the TV, what is going to happen tonight? Who's going to do what? And so I think that's something that like AEW has really brought, like who's going to show up? Who's going to do this? You know, and so they've gotten those fans who kind of checked out, you know, during the PG era. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, you know, they have that nostalgia for that time. Maybe that was when they first got hooked into wrestling. And now they want something that takes them back to that. So this is like a great time for them. It's like their golden age, you know? Yeah, that, absolutely. And, and I do agree with that. And I think in pro wrestling, uh, there is so much knowledge out there about pro wrestling. You can't really like fool people because they don't understand yeah. what's going on in pro wrestling now. You know, so if you can be unpredictable, you know, that that is that that's the that's the best thing in any story mm -hmm. when you don't know what's going to happen next and you're on the edge of your seat. You know, I'm a big series TV mark now. I love love watching great series. And I was working so hard from like 1998 to 2011. I never watched. And I just, you know, recently in the last year, I probably watched The Sopranos. Uh, I watched The Wire, which uh, yeah. a lot of people yeah. yeah. in Baltimore got love for. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Both of those were just incredible. And I just finished The Shield right now. You know, the, the mm -hmm. actually just finished the last episode of that series as well. And just whenever you watch these shows and like sometimes like, oh, you know, where you, <laughs> and you get that, that. That's what you want. Yeah. You know, right. that's that's what you're watching for mm -hmm. because you want to be emotionally invested and not know not knowing what's going right. to happen. And, and I, I feel like WWE in some ways they kind of have just got slack, you know, it's yeah. like, well, there's no other ball game in town. You know, we can kind of right. do whatever so we, we can want do to do because you'll, we, we you'll already, watch us for lack of anything better to watch. And, and we've already got this money coming yeah. in from these networks and, and you know, mm -hmm. and, and uh, Peacock. So and then, you know, AW and everyone there, we are trying as hard as we can to make it as unpredictable and, and you know, take a story one way. But then all of a sudden it takes a stress mm -hmm. to turn. But it makes sense because we've planted seeds in the past, you know, as far as storytelling right, goes. Right. So we, we I, I do take a lot of pride in that. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody from top to bottom in the whole roster is doing a great job at trying 
to cater and listen to what the fans want. I, and I think it shows in the ratings. They've been climbing every single week. You know, there was a little period where things were kind of down low. And then, you know, with everything that's been happening, the ratings have been climbing every week. Yeah, they, they've been they've been doing great. And like the last two weeks in the demo, we've beaten Raw, which is a mm -hmm. big, big deal. I mean, yeah. that show's been around 30 years. Right, right. Legitimately 30 years, you know. And, and to do this in a couple years in, it's it's pretty, pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of TV shows, um, have you watched Have you watched Heels? I have. Yeah? I actually just got caught up. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, Sunday there's a new episode. I, I am. I'm up to speed. I've seen everything okay. for Sunday, and I'm, I am, I'm digging it. I am, too. <laughs> I actually I, I got to chat with Stephen Amell and uh, Raleigh at the, mm -hmm. the Raleigh Galaxy Con for a little while. We talked shop for a little while, and I, I met him a couple times in the past, but just talked about the show a little bit, talked about some CM Punk a little bit, uh, and he, he was – Telling his wife, he said, well, you know, th these are the guys that were the Hardy Boys. They did all these crazy things and the ladders. And I don't know how they're walking. And this mm -hmm. tape, when he, like, knew certain bumps and stuff. And it's cool. You can tell, you know, how he, he digs pro wrestling so much, you know, like from a fan perspective. And he's like, well, you know, my wife is kind of threatened. Like, if I ever wrestle again, I think she's going to leave me. Like, she don't want me getting hurt anymore, you know, after he got banged mm -hmm. up. He's like, I just don't see how you guys do it. I said, you got the good gig, man. They call him the stuntman for you guys. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, as soon as I heard that the premise was two brothers, I immediately thought of you and Jeff. And I was just like, that's like, I don't know. It just reminded me of that. And I was like, I can't wait to watch it. And then I didn't watch it the first week it came out. And then I started the second week and I'm all caught up now. But I'm liking it so far. Yeah, you know? I've enjoyed it too. And th there, there are a lot of things in there that remind me and feel very reminiscent of Jeff and I in, in mm -hmm. so many ways. You know, uh, Jeff was always especially... After with WWE, he was always just like the charismatic, most athletic, acrobatic guy, and people loved him, you know, like the brother. But then, like, you know, Matt was kind of the brains behind the whole deal, whatever. And, you know, they kind of have a little mm -hmm. gig like that, how, you know, Stephen Amell is the heel, yeah. you know, but he's like the booker and he puts all the shows together. And his brother's the one that always wants to be beloved because he's the one that's like naturally loved or whatever. And it's also in like a very rural town mm -hmm. where we grew up in Cameron, North Carolina, right. in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, there's this base in somewhere in Georgia. And uh, there was a scene where they climbed up the water tower. And they were oh, actually yeah. sitting on there. We used to do that like when we were kids. <laughs> wow. Crazy. We'd sneak right. over to Gamble and go right, up the water right. tower it, and hang out. It had like that small town southern yeah. style to it, you know, yeah. the the whole neighborhood and just the you know, and I grew up in rural western Maryland, so you know, we had water towers yeah, and yeah. we had, you know, <laughs> uh you know the uh, dirt bi dirt bike racing and drag racing and stuff like that was always a big you know weekend event for us you know yeah. and, and independent wrestling mm -hmm. <laughs> and, so. and and i gotta tell you too like speaking of that i just mentioned the wire earlier chris bauer who was in season two of the wire and also uh in true blood which is also another show that i really thoroughly was entertained by uh he's great in it as wild bill you know like the old school veteran because it just reminds me i was wondering me. who that was yeah, like cause I, that's i just guy. started watching the cat episode. Yeah. yeah yeah but just the way he reminds me of the guy like when we were first breaking in in the 90s like the, the the veterans who were there you know and that's like you know jeff and i jeff and i we used to be good kids until we got in this pro wrestling business <laughs> right <laughs> it, it, it corrupted us messed us all up we were two good good kids man straight edge uh, when did you guys start training How, you guys were early right like real young doing the trampolines yeah, and stuff right? yeah, yeah you had a trampoline we, trampoline championship wrestling yeah, or something we right? did yeah okay. i mean we begged our dad for a year mm -hmm. to buy us a trampoline for christmas and and if we got that we said, well, we'll convert it to a rink you know we'll, we mm -hmm. went and cut trees down in the forest and got garden yeah. hose and got a uh, telephone wire and built ropes mm -hmm. around it and then you know we're just boing 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 kind of mm -hmm. you know we'd see stuff on tv and we'd emulate it mm -hmm. and that's kind of how we trained and then we met the italian stallion and george south mm -hmm. and we ended up hooking with them and doing some of their shows because they needed a few more guys to actually go to WWE, and we technically were never officially trained that's right. awesome wow. and, and, and then like it got to the gig where we went to that WWE the first time and then we would work with stallion and george south just like you know every weekend they would work every friday and saturday we'd drive you know north carolina south carolina virginia uh, Georgia, wherever it would be, and we'd make their shows. We'd work for them for free, but then we would go every three or four months to WWE. And, you know, whenever we'd get 150 bucks, you know, each of the three nights we do Raw with superstars and a challenge, we get 150 bucks. We had to turn over $100 for a booking fee. That was their what they charged. Oh, oh. for getting the booking. Oh. Yeah. That's a true story. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, I, I'm not going to lie. That's where a lot of the inspiration for my Big Money Matt character came, especially when I saw about doing the thing with Private Party in the beginning yeah. and taking 30%. Because oh. they, they legitimately took 66% of our money. Right. When we go to <laughs> WWE those days, 66%. Right. Wow. You know, in WWE, they would give and say, okay, well, here's cash. Well, you know, we'll pay for 
double rooms for all your talents. They'd stick four or five people in a room, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> pretty that, amazing. That's how a lot of those older guys did it. Right. That, that Bob Starr and guys, Bob mm-hmm. Starr, when he'd take guys from WCW, he did the same thing. And he'd get, you know, Bob, you know, yeah, Bob, yeah, of course. Bob would get a lot of guys from Baltimore to go down to the WCW tapings. And he did, he did that. I, I think Dwayne Gill even did that too when he'd take guys. <laughs> To do, to go so, 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 so that was so the thing. Those guys, too, they would get a wee fee. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Wow. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll hear more about that and uh, talk about what else you're doing these days. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Wonderful. She, she, like just, she just tweeted five, yeah. It's, uh, it's insane. The, the dirt sheets we're reporting, like, Congratulations to Matthew and Rebecca Hardy. They're having child number five on the way. You know, like the funny thing is, this was like somewhere between the three week and four week mark after she just had our fourth child, our baby girl, which I, I think that's humanly impossible. Which is what I was like, yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. when they text me that, I said, She just had right. a baby. Yeah, yeah. I think. April <laughs> or something, right? Yeah, yeah, April? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, no, the baby. The baby. Wait. The, no, the, the baby was July. July. Oh, I don't know why I was thinking April. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So so it was still like uh, right at the end of July, August. Oh. And they're like, oh, congratulations on number five. <laughs> uh, so we had, uh, you know, me and her, we uh, the kids had went to bed and it was a night and we'd had a little alone time and we were hanging out a little bit. And at the very end of it, I said, oh, she's, whoa. Just it feels like it's been a while, you know, especially since they've been pregnant, the baby, whatever. I said, "Oh yeah," I said that, that was a good one. I said, "I can tell you right now, that's number five. And she <laughs> said, "Shut up!" You called you that. She said, "Don't you say that? Don't you say a word?" And then she would just die laughing for the next couple of days, just with the ooh, my delivery and the way I said it. And then like the the next day or so, she put like number five. Yeah, and she said, "I just had to tweet that because of your joke, and that killed me." Yeah, and then what? like they they took the story and ran. Yeah, with the it. sheets ran with it and everything. <laughs> there, so. there, there, there's nothing like the internet. Uh, they they love to pick up a good story and run with it. So how smart are Add some layers four, to it. Four now, right? Yeah, four. yeah. Oh wait, wait. So the five was not as it was a rib. It was a rib. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It's we biology were, here. I got yeah, you. Yeah. So only four. Because I was going to say, wow, you you're rivaling the Briscoes. Yep. Now God, that was right? popping yeah. out like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I, I think you got to you got to you got to go two or three months right before you can start getting those eggs to come out. Yeah. I think. I that's, mean, you're supposed to. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, it definitely happens, but you know, it's. My father was the youngest of thirteen. Oh wow, that's impressive. There was thirteen brothers and sisters. So, I mean, it, well, I mean, families but, were were right. were a lot bigger back then, back right? Then, that's yeah. how. Uh, yeah, my my dad had uh, nine siblings. I, I oh, say. really? Wow. And then my mom was nine or ten as well. They both had yeah. big families. We were even talking about that, you know, like why why you know why do we think it has changed so much and. I, like there's just so much going more going on now like kids right. are expensive and i think probably cost you know <laughs> yeah. like yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. We, and that, that was a factor we said too i yeah. mean kids are just so much more expensive yeah. in this day and age yeah. i mean my my was then. i think your typical like middle class family i don't know if you could do it on one income like it was four of us right. and mm-hmm. just my dad worked in insurance sales yeah. um and we were just you know we you know we had food on the table and we weren't wealthy by any means but you know a food food on the table and a roof over our heads but my mom never worked you know she right. never had to my dad and i don't know if that's really possible nowadays for your typical i, yeah. I guess mm-hmm. most most yeah. people you know that's that's right i mean it really is the the cost of just living has gone up so much yeah. and I, I feel like probably back then you know there there wasn't as many forms of contraception i guess and then right. and then, and then mm-hmm. too probably you you probably had a man who was like Working and the wife at home, there was probably just like, hey, well, what are we gonna do? I mean, they're, they're one, yeah. Yeah. Okay, do you guys want to play video games? They didn't exist, yeah. You want to pop in a DVD? That, that wasn't around, you know, it's just like such a different world. Yeah. It was just, you know, like we may have had television in that day, you know, right? Somebody, or they listen to radio, whatever, you know, so and it was just like, oh, well, let's have kids, we don't have a lot to do now. There's more than enough stuff to do. Too much right. stuff to do. Now, are your kids into wrestling? They are. I know yeah. your oldest has been on the shows. Yeah, but like, yeah, are yeah. They, oh, he's, he's, does, he, does he still like it? He's got a big head now. He's 
Because he's a superstar, but like job. he's two, he sure. Makes it a big deal because he's defeated. <laughs> he said, "I'm not, Dad. I'm he's not number one. I'm not coming. I'm not coming in unless I get a push right off the bat." Yeah, uh, he he still does. He kind of he has interest in other things now where he's not set what's going on. But my my four year old Woofy, who's the much he's the most aggressive child. I feel like we have of of them all. He has he has he's uh, very much athletic, but I think he has a lot of my wife. Rebby's attitude as well too, mm-hmm. but he he's just like uh, I said. What are you gonna do when you know when you get you get bigger? Because Max was like, well, I might do this, I might do this, I might be a wrestler, I might do this, and he's like, I am gonna be a wrestler. My name is gonna be Whoopi Hardy, World Championship Wrestler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, sounds great. Yeah. My nickname's Woof. He's been right four years old. He's not got the promo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the the kids of the workers here have their own little federation. Um, because you know, we do the birthday parties and everything, we do the shows. So they would be here for eight hours a day. And um they just form their own little federation. And so they put it on YouTube. It's called Random Kids Wrestling. And um, you know, they all have been working on their characters for what? It's been like five, six years now, you know, and they're out there, they have all these people they have lots of followers and stuff and they just put up content they have booking calls they get on you know twitch and they get on discord and they'll have group calls with each other and they they book things they do promotions they got t-shirts printed posters you name it and they're like they range in age from five to 12 at the time now they're i think the oldest one is 15 but yeah this is they're very you know they've been around it their whole lives and so they're the second generation you know and they they have their own little space it's really pretty cool i mean yeah it, it, it it's crazy how on top of technology they are right oh my gosh yeah it's even like so my brother for instance like uh obviously been here many times jeff hardy people may have heard of him he's uh (laughs) he's a pretty well-known wrestler and uh (laughs) and uh he he'll he's so funny like he would get an ipad his daughter's you know 10 now ruby and uh, he's like, oh, well, I really don't know. How, how do you get it on this if you're supposed to do Netflix? She's like, oh, come on, Dad. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's like, he's like, but I don't understand. How do you find this on YouTube? Dad. <laughs> Show him, you know, just give him the whole thing. says, you know, like, well, I just kind of do this you know, Twitter and Instagram thing. Like, I just want to show my face paint off. That's it. He said, yeah. I'm really proud that I painted real nice. He's like, how do these kids know all this? And he was yeah. dying sometimes at the boys, like Maxwell and Wolfie, my, my six-year-old and four-year-old, they had their switches. Yeah, this is how you do this. And da-da-da. and you do like this, you YouTube. And he's like, oh, my God, like, I don't know how to do any of this. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow, how are these kids so much smarter than I am? I know right. my daughter's 11. She's the same way. She shows me stuff. She'll yeah. take, she'll take, snatch my phone out of my hand sometimes if I'm trying to be like that. <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah, how do you... How do you know that? You know? I'll come downstairs and my youngest will be sitting there. He'll have the TV on and he's doing he's playing a game. Then he's got the headset on. He's talking to his friends. He's got his switch plugged in, too. And they're doing something different on that. And then he's got his phone where he's FaceTiming people. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, and he's like, I got it, Mom. I got it. This is just what we do. And I constantly just hear him talk. I don't know who he's talking to. Like, he's talking to 87 different people. And I'm like, what are you doing? But that's just how they, they know how to do it, you yeah. know? And it doesn't even phase him like that's just normal and it, it is it is normal in the state it is yeah and, and it's, it, it's very social for them too well think about the society that their kids are going to be oh, stepping God. into if they're right where they are now yeah. oh. their kids are going to be so right. far it's going to be ingrained in them i'm sure they'll be they're going to be, a- be ai kids. that's where i was going with that they'll be sitting at this table again he's like yeah you know we've we've had 18 robots yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We, they're just so much easier than kids. And, you know, my yeah, wife been getting stretch marks. They can. Yeah. You just put in a new pro, a new yeah. SD card. You know, exactly. Just reprogram them. They, oh, you graduated. Okay, great. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Just the way technology has come so far, so fast. Especially mm-hmm. like, I mean, we're all living in this era where it's just like the the, the golden era of technology, yeah. right? Like everything is happening, everything possible, and it, it makes it even more the cra- you know more crazy that we had this whole pandemic situation that we were in such a golden age of technology, mm-hmm. and you seem like. You know, the, no big issue like this, especially a global issue, could even happen without somehow being stopped in some way because we just know how to do everything. Mm-hmm. But, like, God, like 20, 30 years from now, I mean, who who knows where we'll be at? Yeah. Right. Who knows what will be happening? Larry, before we get on, you before we started, you were talking about Matt's tights. Oh, I was, t- I was talking about, were, you know, the fashion. When they first started, the yeah, fashion. The yeah, the fashion. We were having a conversation. Yeah. Didn't you, used to, when the, you used to make those, right? Did. did you used to make those tights? I did. So for you and Jeff, when you started, that's back when, I mean, that goes back to when, like, I, I met you, like, wrestling on the uh, North Carolina Indies, which yeah. is how I got to know you guys. And then 
yep. brought you up here to MCW in the 1990s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? Yeah, mid mid 90s, right? Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that like stuck out. I remember because you know you you talk about technology, there was none, right? In the 90s, there was no social media, so like you didn't have you know nowadays kids and the guys getting on wrestling and they put clips on YouTube and social media and Twitter and Facebook. Like, so there was none of that. So you had, you would read about some people sometimes on the dirt sheets if you, right. if you were into them, but I was just getting really used to them. Cause I was never a dirt sheet guy. I was just a wrestling magazine guy. Like you just yeah. traveled around on Indies and we'd see, you'd see people like, Oh man. And that's what like you get, what stuck out immediately with immediately with you guys back then not just the stuff you were doing in the ring but like your tights it's like man these guys i gotta get them up the up to baltimore yeah that i mean that part of the part of our deal too like i mean our you know our mom died young of cancer when we were coming up and we were raised by our dad and our dad was a tobacco farmer Mm -hmm. um we were we weren't we weren't wealthy at all. We were a very poor family, so to say. And then he had a part time job working as a rural letter carrier, which is a mailman in general. And eventually, later on, uh, as we got a little older, he got a full time job doing that, where he made pretty decent money, had good benefits, and everything. But during that time, when we were trying to get in wrestling, I mean, we were just young kids, just coming. You know, I was just at high school, whatever. And I was like, well, we really don't have money to buy tights, you know. So I put out my mom's old sewing machine and dusted it off and like. Uh, started messing around with it and taught myself how to sew. And then I like went and bought a pattern for tights and then I had to change it a little bit so it would fit us. And then I would like go to, to Walmart or Kmart and I was like, can I find the craziest design that really stands out and it's really unique and I'll try and make that into some tights. And then I would put like an inspirational word on each one. Right. You know, like there was those tights that, you know, hope and faith, the ones that we yeah. did, you know, <laughs> when our first match, you know, that was just kind of like, kind of like who we were. To begin with, you know, we we're these 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 really good quality human beings that were very inspirational until this wrestling business messed us up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your outfits definitely did get attention, but I have to bring up something that happened. This was back in 2000. I don't even know if you remember this, but when Jeff would take off his shirt, the crowd would go crazy. Oh, yeah. And you, um, we were interviewing you at Access for mm-hmm. I used to do Wrestle Talk America with Devious Doc, and mm-hmm. you remember we were up there and there was like a big glass room, and we were doing a live radio show, and Jeff stood up and took off his shirt, and down below us was everybody at Access, and they were just staring up at you guys, and they lost their minds, like your clothes were cool, but being out of them was really over. With <laughs> that up like that's always stuck out in my mind that you guys weren't even down there on the floor and that was i think the first access that they had and oh. it was back in 2000 it was wrestlemania it was out in california yeah, yeah. and um yeah it was just crazy they went nuts for him taking his shirt off <laughs> and that was <laughs> jeff uh jeff's always been a sex pot <laughs> they love him always pleasing on the eyes i remember that you were <laughs> featured a lot of the times those colorful tights they would they would get the photographs in the PWI before, yeah. you know, right. I really knew who the Hardy Boys were. And I would mm-hmm. be like, look at these guys in those funky, you know, yeah, kind right, of headband yeah, right, right. and hippie-ish, like, kind of gear. And um, to me, it was really uh, just kind of full circle when you when you got with a private party because I knew those guys from the New yeah. York scene and the New yeah. Jersey scene. And they, as well, as they were kind of getting their skills and their on-the-ground running – would always come out with this sort of fly, eye-catchy, like, look at these guys' gear. I want to be photographed with them. It's just, you know, setting them apart from from the pack. So it was awesome to see, yeah. you know, you at the point in your career that you are with a young tag team that also the girls scream when they come out and they take off yeah. their uh, tuxedo jackets <laughs> or whatever their gear is too. So, you know, it sells. It, 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 <laughs> it, it, it is so cool. And they're both, they're both such great guys. I, I love both those guys so much. Uh, and it's funny because it kind of plops me right into that Michael Hayes role, just yes. being a mentor. Yes. Except I can still go out and have a four-star match, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael Hayes did one time team with you guys, didn't he? There yeah, was he, one he, paper. He did, but he was he was washed by that point. <laughs> no, my, Michael went out and he really busted his ass, man, and did try hard. But between us, like he'd had a back injury and back surgery, you know, he was. Uh, his in-ring career was pretty much coming to a close at that time. So it's it's still cool that I can go out with him and, and I can still perform decently, <laughs> I guess so to say. Yeah. Because so, it's so much fun. And I love doing six-man tags with those guys. Now, that's one of the things that is my favorite part of AEW. You get to see a guy like Tully actually mix it up every once in a while. Yeah. I was watching some yeah. brawl that was going on, and Tully was throwing shots and taking shots. He was, like, on the patio rolling in some, like, you know, flower bed. And I was like, wow, 
who would have thought you ever got to see Telly Blanchard in prime time in 2021 right. mixing it up? And yeah. that's one of the things that I always thought was the I, best I, part I mean, about wrestling. How, how about FTR coming out with Telly's help? Uh, power driving Sting last week. I, yeah. It, I mean, that was great. Yeah. That was crazy. I mean, that's one of those things. I didn't see like, that. Spike pile drive. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, like the old oh, brain busters. Yeah. You know, and then next week, you know, and those guys are so jacked for it because they're such a big fan of that NWA, you mm-hmm. know, NWA era where Sting first started. You know, and obviously the Brain Busters, that's their style of old school. But just uh, you have FTR for Sting and Darby Allen. You know, and like Sting Sting is the best, man. Yeah. I mean, even for someone like me who's a little older and like definitely uh, have way few more years in front of me than I do behind me. Uh, Sting is just so inspirational that he is he's an older guy and he's still out doing his thing right now. And it's so I'm so happy for him because he's such a good dude. And like he's getting to write the final chapter in a story and do it. On his, his own way, accord, right, yeah. his right. way, you know, as opposed to the WWE thing, which you know, if that would have been the last, it was kind of like, yeah. you know, it's like yeah. a letdown. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, because yeah. I was, I, Sting was one of my favorites. As a same, kid, so, same here. So, um, yeah, what it, it was like that, I was, it was disappointing, mm-hmm. you know, even though you're, we're much older now, you got like and two it, matches. It still was like, oh man, this is gonna be it, <laughs> yeah, for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I was too. I was just disappointed. Like this is. You know, once it kind of announced like that they weren't, I guess they weren't going to let him wrestling. It was like, oh, come on, man. Yeah, the, you know, the, and I, I mean, I still can't believe they didn't pull the trigger for like a Undertaker versus Sting. I, yeah, that, I that, can't that, believe that, man. Like, know. what is going, you know? I mean, that, that's just like, that's like a, a, that's a match people want to see. And if you mm-hmm. do it and you can do it right, I don't care if you like it or don't like it. It's just, right. that's a fact. Right. Yeah. A profitable deal. Yeah. And one of the first things uh, Sting said after he was at AEW, he said, man, I got to tell you. Uh, they showed me the the match you guys had, the stadium stampede. You know, like where you went in the water and you came out and you were like a different chemical. He said, oh, my God. He said, that stuff was so great. And he was just going to the whole thing. He said, you know, like, you know, I think I'm going to do some of those while I'm here. He said, but, you know, I feel pretty good. I think I could do a couple of regular ones, too. And I was like, really? I said, that, that'd be amazing. Yeah. You know, because he's had it like a, a, a clean bill of health from his doctor. Yeah. And his, okay. his neck's been good. Healing. It's just, I'm just so happy to see him getting to go out on his own terms. Do you think that with guys like WWE, again, that's just – because I, I mean, the size of the company maybe just kind of being overprotective. Because you, you know, you always heard that with Brian, like where Daniel Bryan yep. had multiple doctors, yeah. qualified doctors, clear him, but right. uh, like uh, WWE was still didn't want to risk like, it. No, yeah. yeah, even though you had he went to yeah, multiple house... doctors and was like, no, he's good. But they were like, nah. Because Sting suffered the neck injury, and to see him spike pile drive, and I was like, wait. But then you see, like, Edge come back. Another one, yeah. Once it got cleared, so it's kind of like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, well, that was was one of those things, too. I think, like, if they hadn't have cleared Edge and let him wrestle, he was going to end up at AEW. So so they kind of had to go, oh, you know. Yeah. You know, if if, if we want him to go, we got to kind of let him have his way. Yeah. You know, and then like it just it, it's it's one of those things where, I mean, I I guess because they're a, a publicly publicly traded company, you know, they have to answer to other people. They just really don't want to take any unnecessary risk, mm-hmm. right? And and I feel like if you're a performer there, that sucks in some way because yeah. you might not get the opportunities you really want. I mean, that's Vince in his mind. I I know from speaking to him and other people. I mean, he saw me moving into a role as like a producer. And being more of like someone backstage helping people, and I was like, "Well, you know, That's, I can." I'm not ready for that, right? Yeah, right. I can. I can do this for a few more years, and it's like, uh, first and foremost, it's a lot more money if if you're wrestling. And plus, I just love this. Right. This is like, you know, for whatever time I can do this for, I want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I don't want to give away my last few good years of doing this. You know, especially if I can contribute and 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 help out some somewhere. And then, uh, you know, even before I resound, they're like, okay, well, we rethought, we're going to let you do it. We'll do this down, and then maybe we'll put some on the end. And I was like, I mean, you guys have kind of stooged off already. I mean, if you see me in a certain role, that's the role I'm going to be in. I mean, right. that's how it is with WWE. Right. Right. You have to know when when Vince sees you in some certain way, that's how you're going to be seen. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Well, and they, they've been pretty clear about that there's kind of an, an age ceiling at that uh, company. Yeah, yeah, you sure. know, I mean, they've been very upfront about it. Yeah. It's significantly lower for women, you know, yeah, right. and, um, right. you know, it's. I don't I don't know. I mean, because obviously you can still go, you know, guys can still go. I mean, like you brought up Sting, you know, I mean, to say, oh, you can't do this or we're not going to push you or we're not going to give you a spot because you're this age. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I think they've wasted opportunities that it, way. They, they absolutely have. I mean, and I really think once again, one of the most amazing things about pro wrestling is that we're in control of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And if you have 
equity in a guy who's a little bit older and he can still contribute, like why wouldn't you book him in a specific way where you can maximize? Right. You know, and that's what Tony Khan does so well. He understands like we can get the most out of this person by doing this. You know, and 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 I say the same. You know, I was like, this is where I think it works best. You know, da 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 da. And he, he's open to listen. He's he's always accessible. And even like this deal, you know, like uh, I spoke to Dan months ago about this. You know, and then I said, okay, well, I'll let you know as we get closer. And then they started rampages live, and they knew they were going to do this for a while. And they had the first couple live, and then you know some of them are going to be pre-recorded. But then once in a while they're going to pop in a live one, even if it's before a pay-per-view or before like a, a Saturday event or whatever. So he's like, well, just please don't take bookings anymore on Friday. And then it was like about a week out, and I spoke with Tony, and he's like, okay, I, the show, I, it's for a good cause. You know, I know you're doing it for your friend Bruiser, and they're honoring his memory. So, yeah, I'm cool with doing that, you know. Okay. And he had just a couple things. That he's like, you know, do this, do that, and then I'm very cool with you doing the show. So, you know, and he, he has a great respect for independent wrestling too. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, what, one of, one of, I think, the wisest decision he's made, you know, he's called often like dark, the show that is on Tuesday on YouTube. He said, that's like my developmental. He said, mm -hmm. because I'll take guys that are new and young and they can gain wins and gain experience on the show. But then I bring in top guys from all the independents and they can come in and work with them. And then I can look at them. He says, as opposed to like having someone at a performance center, you actually see them in action. They go work at whatever their independent regional promotion is and they, they learn their craft. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and, and make it better. And then, you know, you come dark and then he gets a good idea of like where this person's at. And it's kind of like his idea of developmental, so mm -hmm. to say. And so many people have been hired that have come in just to be, you know, TV we've, talent. We've had several of our, our roster guys do AEW dark matches. Yep. So. Yeah. And it creates a good little buzz for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it you does. Hear it, you know, it, it does. creates a buzz for them. It helps them. It helps build their equity on the indies. Right. You know, because it's good, it gets really good viewership, and then it's like, oh, they're on AEW Dark. Maybe their AEW's got their eye on them. So I think it's it's good all around for the for the business. Agreed. And it gives the little rubski to the company that a lot of yeah. these guys that are getting the opportunity. Yeah. You know, you yeah. find out, oh, this guy's from ICW or GCW. We're gonna talk a little bit more. We do need to pause for internet station identification, but stick with us right here. We'll be back with our special guest, Big Money Matt Hardy. <laughs> All right, we are back with uh, Big Money Matt Hardy. So, um, man, one thing I want to say to you, and I know I've said this to you over the years, is, um, but I really do mean it. Like, I I started using you guys in the in the mid '90s before you got signed in WWE, and um, I always I've always been a big defender of the Hardy Boys because you guys have yeah. always been so good to me and to MCW. Like, you've always come back. Um, for big shows, um, even th times like, remember, do you remember that when that snowstorm happened and we were canceled? We yes. had to cancel, and I had like 800 tickets sold, yeah. and it was you and Jeff. And and the reality is, like, you guys are 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 really humble. Um, you're really really humble because the reality is there's no there's no replacement for the Hardy Boys. You know, when you got Matt and Jeff together, you know, yeah, especially that's... it's always special. So. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. And then the only other weekend that was open was Valentine's Day weekend. And I was right. like, oh, God, I got to I don't know if Rebby's going to allow this. <laughs> and she did. And you guys <laughs> like so you always been good. And you I was like, man, I got I guess we're going to have to refund like 800 tickets. <laughs> you guys made the adjustment. You guys have always mm -hmm. come back and work things out, even like this show here with Bruiser Strong. And I just I really appreciate it, man, because you've never. You just all, you've always been good and you've never kind of forgotten and I just it means the world to me you know uh, you're well, 20 25 years later so thank you uh thanks for sharing that and those are very kind words and uh for you once again thank you for giving us those opportunities at, at the very beginning in the early 90s like I remember it's funny we're talking about PWI and being magazine guys earlier and we were the same we were all about the magazines and you know I wasn't even aware of the dirt sheets at first uh, Jeff and I were two marks out there bouncing around our trampoline trying to teach each other, <laughs> each other how to wrestle. Uh, but like uh, PWI, we once we were doing Omega and we were doing, you know, our, our promotion, the Carolinas were like, man, we're doing some good stuff. We're doing some good shows. Like, 
you know, man, let's check the PWI. Let's see if our names are in the rankings. And every time we'd look in there, all you'd see is reckless youth. You know, Devin Storm. <laughs> like, what the hell? Come on, what does it take to get us in here? And we're like, brother, these guys, they're embedded. They're in the Northeast. Right, they're good. Yeah, they're right. around that Philly area, New York area. That's that's the people we coverage. They don't come south of the Mason-Dixon, brother. Yeah, and it really <laughs> was. It really true. was. Yeah. I, I, I get really guys was, yeah. in. Like, I, Mickey James will always say, like, it's hard to get exposure. I got her in. Yeah, I got her in. Yeah, you had to get in with, like, Bill Apter. Right. And, and Brandy. like, Brandy. Brandy. Yeah. Brandy. Yeah. Brandy. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was a key. Brandy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then, yeah, and then it was just like, you know, yeah. and, and it was tough to get her to come to Maryland. So, but, you know, they did. But, yeah, it was, it was just these yeah. little area and pro wrestling illustrated covered them and you really had to get in. But, like, Devin Storm, Ace Darling, they yeah, loved Ace them. Darling, yeah. That they loved that they would get in. So. Yeah, yeah, I remember I, I, we all drove up there and did like a photo shoot for them. Yeah, was up Mickey. In Philly. I yeah, took Mickey. It was I Mickey. Got, we yeah. had a whole car full of people in my car. Yeah, because Mickey had those spikes and they were in the back of my car and. I hit the brakes, and if you've never ridden in a car with me, I hit the brakes at the last minute, and those spikes went flying forward. <laughs> that was when she was Alexis Lurie. Yeah, she Alexis, was Alexis Super Bowl. Lurie. Yep. Alexis Lurie. Yeah, yeah we, we had some of our guys that were, you know, like we were trying to still build our promotion to, and they would send the results to the magazines and different sheets or, you know, wrestling journalists, whatever it may be. And I just remember, like, damn it, if I see this name Reckless Youth again, because he's, he's everywhere, he's everywhere. Yeah. Oh, Tom Carter, he was good. Yeah. He was a talented guy. Yeah. Did you ever work with him? Did you ever get a chance to work with him? No, I, I, I didn't work with him, but I was on shows. I want to say the Super 8. I did. I feel like okay. he, he was there. Yeah, did, Jim, did Jim bring you guys up? Yeah, Super 8? we did, we did a Super did. 8. Super 8 99, I think, right when we started WWE. Yeah, right, so right around we, the time. It was, it was right around the time we just went on the road. Because yeah. we signed there early in 98, and then we were just we just got on the road, and they Months ago, they'd booked us. Uh, they'd allowed us to still do some indie dates because we were on that, you know, three hundred dollars a week, three hundred dollars an appearance, and we could still do some specific dates here and there, which sounds crazy now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could get on because we did. We did a few. We did a uh, Super Eight, and we did a couple year shows after we mm -hmm. were there too. Yeah, yeah. I think you did a couple before and a couple yeah, after. Yeah, So a couple before before you actually got your deal with the um, <laughs> WWE. <laughs> Do you remember the night with Axel Rotten? Oh yeah, we were <laughs> talking about New York, brother. This yeah. is um, <laughs> I do. This is that was me as a that was I still that was one of the most embarrassing moments for me. Um, <laughs> do you remember like I was I was in tea, yeah. I was I cried, I cried after. Um, so I, I kind of got to give you a setup here. Well, I mean the fans will. Look, We've talked about Axel a lot a on this lot. podcast, and we've talked about his addiction, but I also give the buffer that Axel, towards the end of his life, was very open in many documentaries mm -hmm. about how bad his drug addiction mm -hmm. was. So I'm not, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus. I, I, I think in this little segment, we'll say, all right, it's time for Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dan McDeck. <laughs> right? so, so Axel... Um, when he is, was going up to ECW and he was doing like the barbed wire death and the Taipei glass matches and he was getting that national exposure and getting a buzz on him as this new like hardcore wrestler in ECW mm -hmm. when that was hot, you know. Um, and he was at that point, his drug addiction was really kind of getting crazy. And um, we had started MCW, me and Mark Schrader, like a year or two before. And Axel broke me in and did a lot for me, but he never was like an owner or MCW, but he used MCW to get himself over with a lot of the guys in ECW. So me and Mark, I always talk about, we lost probably like 30 or 40 grand our first couple of years in, East, in MCW. We started, um, we're doing good. We're, bu you know, busting our butt having shows, but we would just have like New Jack show up, <laughs> you know, unannounced mm -hmm. and Axel would be like, oh, I booked him. Just give him 500. And I would be like, <laughs> what? Like, you know what I yeah. mean? It was every show and Sabu and Chris Candido and Sonny. And he'd be like, oh, just give him a grand. I'd be like, what do you like? Do like we're losing money like we can. And mm -hmm. so this went on for like six or seven months. And we realized like he's using it and like he's getting himself over with the talent. Yeah. Up there. Hey, come. And he's telling him because I would go up there and do jobs and stuff trying to get in. And the guys would all say like, yeah, Axel's promotion in Baltimore. And I just like, it's not Axel's promotion. <laughs> You know what I mean? And, yeah. and and my partner and me were starting to fight. Me and Mark were starting to argue. And he's like, dude, you got to, like, Axel's got to stop. He can't just have freaking Sabu walk in the door and say, you got to pay him a thousand. And we don't even advertise him. So me, we get in this big fight. 
you know, me and Axe when I'm telling him because it may have been New Jack and Mustafa, if I remember correctly, were coming down. It was on a, and I had went to an ECW show. We were doing a show the next day, and he was like, I'll be there. And I had like pulled him aside and was like, dude, this is not an actual show. You got to talk to him. I cannot pay you, mm-hmm. you know, and it got, and, and Axel got in a fight like, how you make me look stupid, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whatever. And then things were getting rough with me and Axel. And then it was around that time that I started booking Matt and Jeff. And, um, cause I had been doing indies and talking with them and I brought them up and, Axel, one day after a show, man, it was one night after a show. We were at the Motel Six, <laughs> and um, he he was messed up, really messed up, and uh, just out of nowhere, starts blasting you and Jeff about how, and like burying me for booking them and saying I can't believe you booked these guys. These guys are no talent. They don't have any talent. They're never going to make a dollar in this business. <laughs> blah blah blah, and he just. He did it to humiliate me. I think he said they're never going to make a dime. They never make a dime. He did. He said they're never going to make a dime. He, in this business. he belittled us even more. You know, and but he's but it was targeted at me. Yeah. Say this to y'all's face. Oh yeah. yeah he's yeah, tore yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And and again, you know that respect factor in wrestling. Right. Like Matt and Jeff, they're like he's Axel Rotten. He's, yeah. you know what I mean. Um, on TV. On yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of they haven't made it yet. They haven't made it yet. You know, so they're just so you're just Jeff taking it. Guys. They're just taking it, we're, and we're I'm sitting doing there a lot like, nodding, like yeah, mm-hmm. nodding, like okay. <laughs> okay. He just went on this okay. tangent, tangent. Yeah, he and, really uh, did. He rambled forever. Oh, it was ever, and then yeah, it was. I was so humiliated. I literally, I left the Motel Six. I was crying, like I was so angry. I was like, I can't believe he just did that. I'm so embarrassed. And I mean, yeah, and I mean, obviously, <laughs> you guys made more than a dime. <laughs> <laughs> in the business but man that was that was uh we still i mean here it's 25 years later we still remember it that was probably 95 96 maybe like mid 90s or late 90s it had to be yeah yeah it was yeah 96 97 something like something that, like yeah. that. uh he, he was getting on us too about like you know you're up there you know if they're going up there doing jobs they're never gonna do yeah try yeah yeah, yeah. Just, Mark, just you need to stop doing that stop doing job you know and like we're already they were giving us like you know really like uh dark matches and mm-hmm. we were having like nice feature matches on TV with a little more time, almost like uh, comparable to how AEW uh, allows their TV talent to do, like on Dark, if you have a, a good amount of time, you have a competitive match. And, uh, you know, he was just going on and on and on about that. And then I, I love the story that Jeff Jones tells later, you know, so, when we saw Axel later. So I can tell you this, too. This is what I was get to, because you know Jeff really well now. Yeah. But way back then, you didn't know. So Jeff Jones was that me and Jeff got to know because we were like Axel's young boys. Right. You know what I mean? And, and that's how we got to know each other. And um, even with Jeff, like because he knew that because I had remember like calling Jeff and I was just devastated. Like, I can't believe Axel said that. So for years after that, we just used to love to needle Axel right. with that. You know what I mean? And Jeff right. didn't even know you, but he'd be like, ha, ah, you know, Jeff, like, <laughs> you know, call out, hey. Did you see who won the WWF Tag Team oh titles God. tonight on Raw? <laughs> Never draw a dime, right? Yeah, Matt and Jeff Hardy, you know? Yeah, we, um, we, we, we needled him for years. Like, we just used that to just <laughs> dig, dig, and dig at Axel. Every time, hey, did you see who won the WWF title tonight? That was <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eventually, right? Did you see who won the WWF United States title, Matt Hardy? Yeah, I want to say, we're, like, we're, like, we're, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we, 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 I want to say we were in Baltimore right right before that, and uh, uh, like the night before I won the U.S. title from MVP. I think we went out to dinner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he was sitting there, and Jeff was just, yeah, does these guys, actually, you said they're never going to be anything. They're never, they're never going to do anything. They're never going to make a dime. Hey, Matt, you make any money in this business? I was like, oh, I'm just a multimillionaire now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I said, and K. Fable win the U.S. title tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. Me and Jeff. For the last, I mean, every every chance we got for it was one of those like I, you know, I yeah, I was I was humiliated that night when it happened, but then I took that out for the next like ten or fifteen years. And every <laughs> chance I got, I just <laughs> dug it into action. Especially, I'm sure it changed because you know, like that your levels of hierarchy kind of 
oh, kept meeting, well, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, and that happens, and you know what? Again, we, we've talked about, we talk yeah. about too, and, and a side note of that is, any we talk about this a lot, is addiction mm-hmm. um, and, and people dealing, and I've dealt with it. My father died from addiction. Um, I have other people in my life over the last couple of years I've dealt with it, and um, that changes too, not just the hierarchy, but like, I, I, you just get tired. Like people, if you if you know someone and you've dealt with someone addiction and they don't want to get help and they they don't want to seek the help that's needed to get them to get their lives back together, they just they take and take and take and take. Um, it's always called one of my closest friends. It's been sober twenty years, um, and he's helped over three hundred people get sober. He always says it's a family and friends disease because it spreads like in the addict. Mm-hmm infects all family and friends and slowly you know makes them sick too you know and it it really is and that was something with axel over the years and we've talked about it he just battling that he just never got to a point where he never i guess hit a rock bottom where he wanted to get it and so not only the hierarchy in wrestling but just as a guy's like okay this is a friend but like enough 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 you just get to and there was a point where i had had to got to a couple years before he died where i just like I can't do this yeah. anymore. RJ and I cut go. him out too. It yeah. was like, yeah. yep, sorry, you can't come over to our house. I mean, because yeah. you had to go behind him and see what he stole, you right. know, and or <clears> you know, you'd invite him over to watch the pay per view, but then you'd, he'd be on your sofa for three days. You know, there was no in between. Yeah, right, <laughs> so right. you know, so, it was, yeah, that between the hierarchy and just yeah. the, the, yeah. the addiction, dealing with someone close to you as an addiction, it just yeah, it finally got to. It started definitely going like this. At the time that happened, it was very much like he was here, and yeah, I was yeah, still yeah, like. Yeah. Okay, he's still the guy that broke me in and did a lot for me, but you know that. But that was one of definitely one of those things in that moment that it was like, all right, it's like it took a notch out of me. That was like, <laughs> well, we right, always yeah. say that he's got like one of the best. He had one of the best minds in the business, but he was obviously off the mark with you guys. You know, didn't yeah, see your potential. Way off the mark. Yeah, way off. You know, other than that, like he really has so much. He had so much respect and was thought, you know, to be pretty brilliant at the stuff he did but he didn't get it right yeah. with you guys and, and <laughs> it's 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 one of those times too like you said with that addiction thing it is such a thing in wrestling you know which yeah. guys yeah. fall into really you know like i've obviously been through my share of it but like he was just at a place where he was just so altered and just not thinking straight and just like mm-hmm. just being angry that night i just remember thinking like you know like it was the the exact almost like textbook definition of like oh here's like the old angry bitter guy that's on tv just yeah. trying to get mad at the young kids now right <laughs> yeah. yeah and we're just like looking at our watch like are you done yet yeah <laughs> just okay we'll sit here and take it but are you done yet let's yeah. go yeah so anyway that was <laughs> dark side of the podcast well, dark side <laughs> out, yeah. yeah and thank you for joining us dark side <laughs> of the ring dan mcdevitt and thanks for coming back to yeah. MCW after yeah, that. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I remember the next day, just like, I was like almost, and she's like, oh my God, God, I'm so sorry that he did that. <laughs> yeah, and probably well, thinking they'd never come back. Oh, you know, yeah, I just thought, know. oh, like, yeah, he totally buried me, buried me with them. And Speaking of coming back to MCW, I wanted to kind of bring up real quick, um, you know, how when you did come here multiple times, you worked with Bruiser a lot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, wanted to get you to talk a little bit about that. And, you know, obviously that's the reason why you came back tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we appreciate that. I always had, of course, I uh, always had great experiences with him. Uh, just a great guy all the way around. And the times we teamed, we teamed a few times. Mm-hmm. And just a, a fun guy to work with, really got it. And just really you could tell how much he loved this family oh, yeah. here. Yeah. You know, and how, how important it was to, like, take care of everyone here and make sure they're in a safe space and just and put on the best show possible for these fans. He took a lot of pride in it. Mm-hmm. And and I can relate to that being a guy that was a booker in Omega and mm-hmm. just having to do so much too. I understand what these guys go through and just it's very hard. It's very challenging to put together a, a show like this and especially make it good and put together a great lineup and bring all the fans and keep everybody happy because there's so much stuff that goes <laughs> yeah. into it. And I and I've always told you like I've told you a lot, this a lot, like RJ looked up to you so much, not just because of what your accomplishments in the business, but he would come to the MCW shows like he when you guys were on them, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, y- you know, so he 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 um, he like he looked up to you so much and did it, it, uh, you know, it just it meant the world to him that you 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 kind of, you know, like 
you know, when you teamed with him that you looked on, on the same level. You know, he, he would always make the jokes to me. That's how I'd, he, he'd always, like, say to me, like, hey, does uh, Matt realize that me and him are undefeated? Yeah. That was my favorite joke with him. Him and Jeff aren't undefeated. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> but him and the Bruiser are undefeated. That would be the first thing I'd throw my promos. Right, I know. That's, and and, that, and when every time you would say that, like, every time you would say that, he would he'd always, pop. like, light yeah. up yeah, and light yeah. up. Because, yeah, we are. Me and Matt Hardy are undefeated. So, I'll tell you this. When we were at WrestleMania 2017, mm -hmm. RJ and I went together. We took the kids yep. and my mom. And so when you guys come out, I look over to him, and somewhere I have the video of this. I turn the camera to his face, not you, not you guys. And he just was beaming, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, you know, we're in this business. So, like, you know, sometimes yeah. we kind of, I don't know, we just kind of watch it all go by. You know, we don't feel, yeah. you know, obviously we're so entrenched in it that you know it's hard to be a fan sometimes yeah, yeah. and for that moment yeah. like the look on his face like he just got he felt that moment i mean the whole arena was shaking yeah. i mean and i mentioned that earlier in our intro but you know it was it was a powerful moment and he experienced it so somewhere i had to dig up this video but i did i turned the camera on him because i just wanted to look over at him and just watch him experience that and of course you guys had just won our tag team championship two months earlier oh, yeah right <laughs> so you right. know it was very fresh and we just i think collectively like he and i both just had like the sense of pride like hey that's our tag team champs over there <laughs> you right. know but like just he was really that was a moment for him that he just was like you know experienced it with you and i just thought it was really neat <laughs> and, and, and i uh text him i mean you guys were there and it posted mm -hmm. pictures and i remember texting him the next morning i said rj bro how hot were you that, how hot are you that when you and Matt? you know jeff and i sure went undefeated <laughs> yeah. there was a good chance we were gonna lose yeah, right 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 you know if i'd had rj yeah. we, i mean we were undefeated yeah. we were, we were <laughs> right. hot streak that was a guaranteed w yeah <laughs> but but like like you said too that that moment of returning to WrestleMania was was truly a, a a real, authentic, genuine moment in wrestling. I mean, and for me, it was very important to go back there and like be the consummate professional and do everything because I, I hated the way I left when I left there in 2011. You know, but just to come back and and have that moment where myself and my brother built up something really special that wasn't a WWE creation. We built up something really special and and had like this viral character thing going on and 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 to to have the wwe call us and really you know push hard to get us back and you know give us a, a good deal and, and set us up really good it, it was like a moment for us uh, of like closure and happiness and also i think so many fans and people that are my friends and family even like with rj like this is cool mm -hmm. yeah. you know you're witnessing a moment these guys are coming back home to the place that made them and like they you know everything's yeah. together and, and and they're doing this and this is an amazing moment and and so many wrestling fans i mean they, they felt that in their heart and that's one of the most beautiful things about this industry that you know these moments that are like this are are, are, are very are, are a lot more real than the actual idea you have of like trying to choreograph something to right. get a great reaction you, you know when it's a real genuine moment and, and that really was one that's what it's all about moments mm -hmm. and with that said we want to thank you once again for yeah, joining us here this week on the mcw cast we appreciate you coming to the studio and doing yeah, that. Man. And we hope to have you right back here in the MCW Arena before long, doing what you do as you've done for so many years. For Dan McDevitt, I'm Larry Legend, and the lovely Terror. We'll see you all here next week for another edition of the MCW Cast.